the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad girl AK here. Andrea K. Show coming at y'all on our special three-hour edition of the Andrea K. Show here. 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. I know that a lot of my friends on, on Facebook as well as listeners to the show have messaged me in Florida uh, writing it out like Doreen Gordon in Daytona and Christian in the Orlando area. So give me, a, if you're listening tonight, 888-344-1170, let me know you're okay. Let me know what the condition is on the ground. I don't expect to hear from anybody uh, in the Fort Myers area because everybody I know there thankfully has evacuated. And I don't know anybody in the Sanibel Island in that area. Um, I'm really shocked to see that 200 homes they didn't evacuate there and 50 people have had to be rescued hopefully no uh, i'm not going to hear of lives lost there 888-344-1170 i mentioned this last night this clip last night that i'm going to play in a moment and then we got a bunch of calls and i didn't get a chance to play it and then i mentioned it last hour with a caller noah who called in about climate change and i referenced it and i said look Whatever, however, we want to try to challenge the climate scientists to try to justify and explain that's not going to happen. They cannot justify. They cannot back up their claims, nor will they admit if they're put on the spot, no matter how they're put on the spot, nor will they admit that they're wrong. Has Al Gore come out and said, oh, oops, everything I said in the movie An Inconvenient Truth was a lie. They've not been right in any prediction. I read some climate science uh, uh, from a report from a well-known climate scientist last night saying that that given the data, really what we have to be worried about going forward is from a climate standpoint for the upcoming centuries, for those of us who are still here on this earth, is the cooling. We know that here in San Diego, the founder of the Weather Channel, John Coleman, I believe is his name. He's not with us. I think he's retired. Uh, founder of the Weather Channel never believed in climate change, never believed in it. So they can't back it up, just like Fauci couldn't back up any of the claims of six foot distancing, claims of the mask, any of this. Couldn't back up anything related to the to the shots and the claims on the shots either, which is why they had to change the definition of a vaccination. We now know that how they were coordinating with the White House, right? The, the social media was coordinating with the White House and the CDC. They can't back up any claims that they're make that they're making that have to do with all their attempts to try to control our lives. So what's left for them is try to control the flow of information. And at the UN recently, Prime Minister um, Jacinda, I can't remember how to uh, Jacinda, I believe it is, Ardern called for the global community to clamp down and control the Internet. And I believe that is uh, clip 16. 
This week we launched an initiative alongside companies and non-profits to help improve research and understanding of how a person's online experiences are curated by automated processes. This will also be important in understanding more about mis- and disinformation online, a challenge that we must, as leaders, address. Sadly, I think it's easy to dismiss this problem as one in the margins. I can certainly understand the desire to leave it to someone else. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light-touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal but noble? How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? The weapons may be different, but the goals of those who perpetuate them is often the same, to cause chaos and reduce the ability of others to defend themselves, to disband communities, to collapse the collective strength of countries who work together, but we have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. In these times, I'm acutely aware of how easy it is to feel disheartened. We are facing many battles on many fronts. But there is cause for optimism, because for every new weapon we face, there is a new tool to overcome it. For every attempt to push the world into chaos is a collective conviction to bring us back to order. We have the means. We just need the collective will. That was a, a longer clip than I usually like to play, but I feel like I know you guys, first of all, I know you guys have a longer attention span than most of those on the left of the low information voter. Second of all, every word that came out of her mouth in spite of the lovely accent, was absolutely terrifying to me. Let me just recap a little of what she said. She talked about the need to curate the information. When she's, when she's talk, talking about the curated experience on the Internet, she's talking about the need to curate information. She's, she's discussing here about Internet freedom and basically says it's a weapon of war. This is, this is kind of a different spin in some ways from the Joe Biden speech in Philadelphia in front of the satanic set in which he basically it, it declared war against 75 million Americans. And why? Because they had a different belief system than his administration and the Democrat Party. Why? What's going on with the January 6th people? It's about weaponizing a belief system. We've had literally have Americans held in jail because they refused to uh, to. Um, didn't uh, to renounce their belief that the election was stolen. We're now at a point to where we're criminalizing in the United States of America thought and beliefs and politics. And what this woman is saying is she's wanting she's wanting all the global leaders to join together in order to control the flow of information because anybody who shares a different belief system is engaging in an act of war and those thoughts and those beliefs and the expression of them are weapons of war. 
her, her examples of weapons of war are, how do we end a war if there's those out there that believe that the war that's being waged is noble or good? I, I'm, I'm assuming she's talking about the Russian-Ukraine war. As though any, if you're not on board with this, you with the narrative being pushed around the world globally and all the legacy media in the United States and beyond, the 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 conventional wisdom, the new world order, which is what the parliamentary gal from from Ukraine said, this is about this is about preserving the new world order. If you're not on board with that narrative, they want it, they want it, uh, then that's a weapon of war. She goes, how do you how do you tackle climate change when there's those that don't believe it exists? And she talks about human rights. How do you preserve the human rights for people if there's those that attack those rights? And that's obviously a reference to the transgender movement. All And all of these movements are all in coordination. Everything that we're experiencing here in the U.S., this cultural Marxist movement, is a part of a global movement about weaponizing belief systems. We, we, what we have to do here in the United States is uh, 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 I, I don't think that I don't think that she and the rest of the global leaders really, uh, you know, are going to be. She says, we, we just need the will. We've got we've got the we've got the we've got the tactics. I think she was. She said, we've got the tools. We just need the will. Um, I, I think I, I don't think that the global elites right now are going to try to clamp down on the Internet. But that's clearly a part of the Great Reset. I've got an excerpt actually from Klaus Schwab's book. Uh, about COVID-19 and the Great Reset that I'm going to share with you guys a little later. But right now we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to get Congressman Andy Biggs on the line. Filmmaker Congressman Biggs here to, is going to be here to talk about his new movie, Alien Invasion. Y'all know he's like a dog on a bone when it comes to trying to solve this border crisis. And stay tuned because he will be with us next. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Hey, Congressman Andy Biggs, welcome back. Hi, Andrea. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to you. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to have you tonight because when we invited you back on tonight, I didn't know that it was the night before that you've got this amazing looking movie that's going to be dropping called Alien Invasion. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so we've got to get the word out. I take people down to the border, but I can only take so many. So we thought, well, let's just put together a documentary of what's going on down here. So, so the world can see it, and we want to get it out. And, and um, you know, we, we, quite frankly, we honestly indict the Biden administration for what they've done because they've made this country less safe, less secure, uh, less uh, governed by law. Uh, just, a, just a disaster what they've done, whether it's environmentally or humanitarian-wise, on the border. So we, we, it, it's released tomorrow, Eastern Time, noon, uh, if you go to bigs.house.gov, um, you can connect to any of my social media and and get the documentary. What are we going to see in it? I mean, the, the trailer, I've already posted the trailer to my socials, and it's shocking. First oh, cool. of all, the quality, the production value, the quality of the trailer alone is phenomenal. Uh, you got a future in Hollywood if you ever want one. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you do. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, as swampy as the D.C. area is, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to go to uh, Hollywood. It's probably even worse, you know. Uh, yeah, it is for sure. Um, 
But I, I think it's really important that you did this because it's one thing for you to come on here and go on Newsmax and other outlets you're on and talk about the numbers, right? And the numbers themselves are absolutely shocking. Whether we're talking about the numbers of fentanyl deaths because of the number of fentanyl coming across the border, whether we're talking about the number of children being sex trafficked, whether we're talking about the number of illegals who flooded in by the numbers, it, it's one thing to talk about those stats. It's We're such a visual people now, a, a visual culture that to see it right is so powerful isn't it yeah that and, and andrea that's that's exactly why we did this is because i tell people oh you know we've had two million people this year come in we had uh you know yuma sector two years ago under trump had nine thousand encounters this year three hundred forty thousand encounters first of all those numbers are staggering second of all they're so staggering that a lot of people think oh you're just making it up but when you see the video of 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 where I go along the border from San Diego down to McAllen in Yuma and Nogales and Sierra Vista, et cetera. And you listen to people who live along there, not just bigs talking, you get a sense of, of the danger from the, the drugs coming across the, the million people who've gotten away that we don't know where they come from, what they're, what they're going to do here, what their intentions are. You realize 66 people this fiscal year alone, we're, we're domestic terrorists. What? How many in that million that we don't know who it is? How many of those people are terrorists? How, uh, how many cr- criminals have gotten in? Um, and then, and then the the rapes and the and mm-hmm. the sexual attacks on women crossing the border and, and even men and boys crossing the border. It's sick. It's dangerous. And so we're trying to give it a visual. Um, uh, you know, image so people can see it and then put that together in their mind. Yeah. Are we going to be able to see in there um, the the fact that we the the U.S. government has basically handed over our nation's sovereignty to the cartels? Are we going to are, are we going to be able to see any of that in there? Were, were, were you able to capture any images involving the cartel that's discernible that that's the cartel? Yeah, what you, yes, exactly. So what you'll see in some sections, you're going to see these young men of military age coming across and camouflaged from foot to head. Oh, wow. And, and um, we look, on the southern border, we have uh, private sector people who have put up literally hundreds of cameras. In Cochise County, we've got uh, hundreds of cameras. There's, there are just count cameras everywhere, and we've been able to cull from some of those. So you can see these, these people that don't want to get caught. Um, you'll see, obviously, images of literally tens of thousands of people who are coming and surrendering. Um, but you're also going to see the truly bad actors who, uh, for whatever reason, don't want to be caught. And uh, you're going to see that. Yeah, that's it. That, that's in the video. We also give some remedies too, things that we could do to fix this thing. Well, first and foremost, I mean, we we could just go back to some of the reg, uh, the um, executive orders that Donald Trump put in place. Remain in Mexico, right? Public charge. You got to go to the yeah. first country that you enter. You can't just traipse from around the world. I mean, we got people coming here from 150 different countries. They didn't exactly go to the first embassy that they could find or the first country to seek asylum, right? Um, so right. There, there's some very basic things that we could do. I don't know that people. It, it, it's it's almost as though 
Congressman Biggs, that it's like people, Americans have become desensitized to it. It's like it's the new norm now to just see all these images of people flooding in. And I'm grateful that you're not willing to let people think that this is okay, that you're, you're shaking the trees to try to make people wake up to this. I would have, I thought DeSantis and what he did and sending those, that, that bus of 50 up to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, that shook some trees and woke some people up, but the left managed to somehow spin that as though they were the heroes up in Martha's Vineyard by (laughs) deporting them within 24 hours. (laughs) No, you're exactly right. And that's, see, that's what we're, we're fighting. We're fighting against dishonest authoritarians. Uh, They're tyrannical. They want control and power and they're full of deceit. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened there. So, so, so uh, good governor DeSantis uh, since those people that DeMartha's Vineyard, they say, oh, you know, aren't we wonderful? I felt their need as we put them on a ferry to get them back on the mainland. And then, uh, you know, you got Ducey and Abbott sending people uh, as well to Chicago and New York and D.C. And those mayors are freaking out. They did the same thing in Chicago. They had like 125 come into Chicago and, and Mayor Lightfoot immediately put them on a bus to get them into the suburbs and out of Chicago. It's the hypocrisy of mm-hmm. these sanctuary cities. And, and we got to point that out. We, we, we cannot sit idly by or silently by and watch whether it's this issue, uh, energy, uh, crime, uh, uh, the institutions, the, uh, the abuse of our, our federal police apparatus, those institutions. We can't let any of that go by. Mm-hmm. The, the left is hoping to flood the zone so they can get by, and mm-hmm. that's what this—that's what this documentary is about. It's about saying, "Look, uh, this is what's going on. Let's put a stop to it. Here's how we put a stop to it." Yeah, and they and and one of the reasons why the borders are. Kamala Harris um, is visiting a border today or, or yesterday, but it wasn't the one she needed to go to as the borders are. It, she, <laughs> she, <laughs> did you see her over at North yeah. Korea? <laughs> she, hey, Andrea, have, is, have we ever had a more embarrassing international type of person than, than Kamala Harris? Oh, my gosh. My, my theory is that, you know, um, Greg Gutfeld was saying, well, nobody nobody's telling her to work hard and, and learn about NOCO because you'll get fired i think i my theory is the democrats want to get rid of her as well as joe going into 2024 so yeah let's send her over there let's set her up to, to act like the idiot that she is and, and show what an idiot she is because she's not going anywhere near uh the white house going into 2024 but it is embarrassing and it's also dangerous right because yeah. you know we had joe biden back in february saying at, at a press conference that you know if russia invades we're going to take out that Nord Stream pipeline and now we've got sabotage of pipelines and that could be considered an act of war by russia jeopardizing our national security exactly i mean it's a huge threat to us as a nation so so words mean something on the international stage like saying north korea is our ally (laughs) that's nutty um but but when you threaten and it wasn't just him it was the undersecretary of state saying the same thing and 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 uh, you've got a, a Polish uh, leader who's married to someone who who lives and works in American journalism uh, over here. When you see that stuff and you hear it, and then and then nobody can explain. No, and nobody will ever probably be able to explain who actually blew mm-hmm. up the pipeline. Well, you, you're you're sitting with a finger on the trigger of a of a very wide. Uh, uh, conflict, military yes. conflict, and and that's exceptionally dangerous. 
and and uh, the U.S. It will always be a target. And that's why when you when you elect someone who can't even find his way off of a stage, um, and looking and around for a dead woman, looking around for a dead woman yeah, yesterday. Exactly, exactly. When you, when you elect somebody like that, you're in you're in hot water. Right. And, well, and, and, uh, and there's still those of gosh. us that don't believe he was actually elected. We believe that he, yeah, for right. a variety of different means, some of which was documented in Arizona, in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania through a variety of different means. And, you know, now and anybody who questions it, they want to they want to throw in, in, in the, the gulag along with the rest of the political prisoners. I'm incredibly concerned with the latest whistleblower, Stephen Friend from the FBI. They've stripped him or yes. in the process of trying to strip his security clearance, him his wife's Facebook account immediately upon uh, obviously them reading her private message they took down her Facebook what he detailed in his whistleblower complaint was really shocking the use of SWAT teams to go after misdemeanor people for raids that that were not even um, a part of his office as they try to and the SWAT raids are incredibly dangerous and that they're using them in order to round up innocent Americans to violate multiple constitutional rights that they have trying to use these local offices to try to shore up and cook the books and make it seem as though there's a domestic violence extremist issue with those on the right, um, I, 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 to me, the FBI can't be reined in at this point. I think they need to be dismantled. Should we take control of the House and the Senate? What can we expect from the party in terms of trying to to stop the um, the police state? I mean, to me, I think it's clear the FBI is only working at this point to further the Democrat Party. Yeah, so uh, you know, it just depends on leadership and and what they do. But what I what I'll tell you what I want to see happen, and what I think a good number of my colleagues want to see happen, is um, there are some things that that the FBI does that nobody else can do, and and I'm talking about national crime labs and and a few things in that area. Um, they don't have to be in the FBI. We can move them, but this this federal police uh, apparatus is now. Um, as even as far back as Harry Truman, Harry Truman said, "Hey, watch out! You know they're corruptible," and they and he felt they were corrupt at that time. Uh, it, I don't know that it's salvageable, and thus we we've got to decentralize and defund. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I'm getting castigated in Arizona for saying that, you know, and every you know, yeah. but a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't be back the blue." I am a total back the blue guy, which is one. And when you're back the blue, that means you support the rule of law. Yes. And the FBI is violating the rule of law. And thus, do you continue to fund them and give them additional funds, which is what the Democrats do? Mm -hmm. Or do you say, look, we're going to bring you in and we're going to hold you there clearly. And Mr. Ray, we think you might have lied to us. And if you've lied to us, then we're going to refer you for criminal charges. I mean, you have to uh, demand the rule of law. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that my my colleagues see it my way. We'll see. Well, Matt Gates has said the other day, yesterday, the day before that um, the the first the first uh, piece of business the Republicans need to do when when getting control is investigations and impe- yes, and impeachments right. and impeachments and and you well you just said yes you agree. Yeah, I mean, so so Mayorkas is my my um, number one target because Secretary Mayorkas has clearly, in my opinion, committed perjury to Congress. Oh, yeah. I mean, you cannot you can't sit there and say that you have operational control of the border when when you he knows that what the definition is and he knows what's happening. 
So, I mean, that's a that's a horrific problem. They impeached President Trump over a phone call. Mm-hmm. And and so I think I think this qualifies. Then then you also have to do the investigations and hold the feet to the fire of whether it's Christopher Ray and, and and on the Hunter Biden stuff. I mean, you got Tony Bobulinski. You, you can bring him in. There's all these things and the abuse of power of the FBI to go after President Trump's um, campaign. How, how can we say that that's OK? We can't. We Look, if it, they went after Biden. I would be just as ticked. You cannot use the police apparatus to go after political enemies. And then at the same time, we have got to Republicans have to deliver good policy as much as we possibly can under a Democrat president on energy, mm-hmm. inflation, border, um, uh, crime, uh, you know, transparency in schools. I, I mean, just all the things and, and, and election integrity, all those things that we can do. We got to do the best we can on it. But the one thing that we definitely can do is investigations and hold people. What I, you know, you say impeachment, I say constitutionally discipline people. And that's, that's, that's really what needs to happen. Well, I thank you for being here tonight. As always, you remain my favorite congressman. I'll let you know anytime. If I think you're slipping, I'll let you know and I'll advise. Uh, Please do. Please do. (laughs) Tell everybody one more time how they can see alien invasion when it drops tomorrow. Yeah, uh, noon Eastern time and later, bigs.house.gov. Um, or you can go into any of my social media sites, um, and there's a bunch of those, and um, it'll be available. All righty. Thanks for being here. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Andrea. Appreciate it. All right. Now, um, y'all don't go anywhere. we got more to talk about when we come back. What, what news outlet thought they were going to do a good bit for humanity and the rehabilitation of a sex offender and then got offended by the sex offender at the end? We'll share that story with you when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Yesterday or day before was National Sons Day. Before that was National Daughter Day. Everybody got a day now, right? Used to be a couple times a year we'd have National Donut Day, we'd have National Pizza Day. Now we got everybody got a day. Everybody's got a day. But this would have been an important one had I known about it. And I'm sitting here sipping my coffee right now. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. Here we've got um, a hurricane. We still have a hurricane. Hurricane Ian is now category strength one. 75 mile per hour winds heading over towards uh, the Carolinas, South Carolina, North Carolina, and even a little bit of Georgia. So uh, that's on the heels of the devastation involving the state of Florida that we've talked about. We don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands of deaths have occurred. It's absolutely devastating. What was the legacy media droning on and on and on and on and on about today? Major news. Like headlines, like when I turned on the TV today and opened up and all the socials and all the the media outlets, including the, quote, conservative ones, what was the number one story today? Number, well, not number one, number two behind the hurricane. Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband filed for divorce. (laughs) MTG's husband has filed for divorce. Uh, oh, and the, the headline is not just that. It's, it, it's, it's got to include the salacious line after it, following her affairs with a gym manager and, quote, tantric sex guru. Uh, and then a quote from her about her husband that he gave me the best job title you can ever earn, mom. Um, they've been married. Husband Perry Green filed for divorce Tuesday. They've been married 27 years. 
Um, they've got three children who are all now adults. Um, this affair allegations go back to 2012 where they separated for some time and then, you know, came back together. I, I just think this is absolutely it just doesn't it say everything about the left. These are the same people, by the way, who were telling us that when Bill Clinton lied under oath, perjured himself ended up losing his law license because he committed a crime and perjured himself while talking about the uh, while being investigated, uh, including not just Whitewater, but the fact that he had sexually harassed an intern and had, you know, sexual relations with that woman in the White House. We were told then what happens between a man and a woman ain't nobody else's business. Right. And that was back not long after uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Married her husband. They've been married 27 years. How many people get married at 21 and stay together? How is this? I mean, it, 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 it defies common sense, reason, of course, manners. Good. It, it's just absolutely despicable. But it got me thinking about divorce today. Because I immediately thought, you know what? Uh, it, this isn't America anymore. Uh, the America the, the America that used to be that running for Congress and running for office, the whole Camelot phony facade, right? Uh, the, you know, handsome husband with the lovely wife and the two kids, right? That was the quintessential. For many years, you couldn't run for office if you weren't married, right? And you certainly couldn't run for office if you were divorced. Um, you know, there was a time when, you know, uh, you couldn't run for office if you were gay. So now that we've thrown all that out the, you know, now that we've got people saying that you don't even have to, you know, uh, you can mutilate children and there's no such thing as man or woman. Suddenly they're hysterical and upset and going after this woman and trying to demonize her because she supposedly had an affair 10 years ago and her husband's divorcing her. But it did get me thinking about divorce. And I was saying today it, it, that, you know, I, I don't care about Marjorie Taylor Greene's divorce. What I am interested in is, is being divorced from the lefties in this country that are running this country into the ground. You know, we were just talking to Congressman Biggs about the border. If you're in Texas, you know, there was there was this this um, discussion for a while. Is Texas going to succeed from the union? Well, if you're in Texas right now, you're probably wanting to succeed from the union. But the problem you got is you is you've already got millions that have come across flooded, flooded into your state. Drug traffickers, drugs. But there has been there has been discussions about how do, how do we divorce ourselves from the left? Because do we have irreconcilable differences with the left? Yeah. There's no going back to 1992, in my opinion, before Marjorie Taylor Greene married her husband. There's no, there's no going back to that time. The, the, the fantasy, we need to, uh, you know, get rid of this Trump's Republican Party. We need to, the, the Liz Cheney, uh, Bush, uh, Rhino, Romney establishment that just, just, you know, wants to go back to the, to the John McCain times where we reach across the aisle. I can't reach across the aisle and I'm not interested in reaching across the aisle with anybody that thinks that it's okay to have an open border and flood people into this country and, and at uh, number one. And then number two wants to take money away from taxpayers to support those people who broke the law, broke down our front door, breaking and entering. To steal their way in. I, but even even bigger than that, I, I don't want to reach across the aisle. I can't work with people to think that it's okay for schools to go outside of parents and go to f- literally to five-year-old children and try to convince them that they should have their breasts removed, be uh, chemically castrated. I, I, 
there's there's no common ground that I have with those people. And that's what the Democrat Party is about. I think it's time that we've got to give some serious thought as to a national divorce and how it's going to look. It's something I've been thinking about for a while, for a couple of years. We've raised it here on the show. I think I first raised it before COVID. And then COVID's another good example. I can't, there's no reaching across the aisle with people to think that they've got the right to tell me as a healthy person that I'm not allowed to leave my home when I'm not sick. Or that if I run a business, that I'm not allowed to open my business because somebody else might catch a cold. That level of tyranny is not, I, I, there's no, I can't reach common ground with anybody that thinks that way. But how do we do it? Do we just divide up, do, do we divide up territories and how do we divide military resources or do we do it in the form of what my friend Larry Clayman's talked about, which is uh, the Third Continental Congress, and that's where the Constitution has provided uh, a framework that says if the government's abandoned you, start a new government. I think we've got to start thinking outside of the box. We can't all move to Florida. And then you look at what happens when uh, what Joe Messina was talking about last hour, how many people flooded in Southern California to move up to Santa Clarita because it was so conservative. And now they've turned it purple. It's really on the ver- and, and purple really means blue, right? Purple really means blue. Because what happens when, when it's purple is when it like Texas is purple. We don't even, even Florida, I wouldn't say is a completely red state because there are, there are pockets within Florida where there are school districts that are still teaching CRT. They're still pushing transing on children, right? We don't, so we don't really have, I think it's about the most red state we have, but that's about it. I think we I think we need to start having I th- maybe we need to start thinking about how we're going to separate do a legal separation and then think about how we're going to how we're going to divorce. Do you or do you think that with like Scott McKay he was on uh, night before last I think it was with his new book the Re- revivalist manifesto that we can actually there's a revival brewing in this country aided by the overturning of Roe v Wade. 888-344-1170. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I got to share with you guys this story that just made me laugh so hard because it just goes to show these bleeding heart liberals, right? Part of what the crime wave we've got going on right now is the embrace of the criminal by the left. Interesting sh- story and, and funny story to share with you guys about this when we come back. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Did you guys hear about, and I'm not sure if you did because you're so busy, DJ Jalapeno. Here's the story of this woman. So much of the crime wave we've got going on right now in this country is because the, le- the left loves to say that uh, we've got injustice going on in our criminal justice system. And it's and it's so unfair. We've got to do no bail laws. We've got to keep putting criminals back out on the street because... Because it's so unfair, this this cash bail system, right? And uh, and and we've got the uh, the black. What was the? There was a term for the prison to pi- prison pipeline system going on uh, with African Americans. Just all the just all the excuses to, that the left tries to come up with in order to buy votes uh, in, in uh, by appealing to this particular demographic. So in the course of that. 
This young gal decides she's going to do a story to show sympathy to sex offenders because the notion is is these poor sex offenders have to serve extra prison time because oftentimes being labeled a sex offender means they can't get they can't move wherever they want to move. Oh wow, how sad, right? Um, they also want to show that they get they get stigmatized with the label of sex offender, right? So this reporter, this vice reporter, decides to um, show sympathy to uh, the the quote struggles of sex offenders re-entering American society is uh, the person interviewed was named a chef. I'm not sure if that's the actual name or how to pronounce it. He was convicted of a sex crime as a teenager. Um, he was interviewed um, by this woman Hines. And after the in- interview and the, and it was a 40 minute interview, by the way, 40 minutes to talk, to give this guy all this opportunity to talk about what a poor victim he is. Um, he continues to say that he didn't commit the sex crime for which he was convicted, even though he pled guilty and there was actual DNA evidence to prove that it was him. He still gets this interview to go on and on for 40 minutes about how he's innocent and how much he's suffering by being labeled as a sex offender. And here's the, here's the punchline. <laughs> After the interview was over, he sent a picture of himself of his male parts to the producer of the segment. <laughs> Sends up. I don't know how he got. I don't know how he got picked by Vice, uh, this reporter outlet. I don't know how he got to be the one to be featured in this interview. They sit down with him and give him 40 minutes. Way too much airtime. I mean, go out of their way, allowing him to sit there and talk about how she, I mean, she challenged him at one point in the interview by saying, um, you know, well, you know, he claimed he was innocent. Well, yeah, you know, um, your DNA was there and, you know, you pled guilty to it. Um, come to find out also within the 40 minute interview is that he had actually served, uh, been, uh, imprisoned multiple times, re-imprisoned twice for parole violations, served 16 years behind bars. Um, the entire interview was basically under the auspice of the fact that uh, sex offenders, you know, uh, America, we're just too unforgiving to sex offenders and don't believe they deserve second chances. So this whole the point of this whole interview for this guy is about how they deserve second chances. And then he turns right around after the interview and sends a bl- a, a private parts pick of himself to the producer. And even then, she says they still aired the video. When he sent the pic, it wasn't after the it wasn't after the interview aired. It was after he finished taping the interview. So he tapes this interview with him for forty minutes, probably longer. The forty minute version was probably edited down, and then he leaves, <laughs> whips out his phone, snaps a pic, <laughs> and clicks send. And then she says, "This is how insane. This is how insane this this young woman is. This is literally the liberal insanity." She says at one point that she felt like the pick was irrelevant to the story and she wasn't sure if she should even mention it because she kind of felt that it was irrelevant. Um, it's not irrelevant. It, this is a sex offender who then turned right around and committed a crime because in the, in the state of Illinois, I don't know if you know this uh, jalapeno, I didn't. It's actually called cyber flashing and it's a crime to send a pick of your parts. So if y'all listen, you men are listening out there to me and, and ladies out there, it's a crime. Don't, don't be, don't be snapping a pick of your, of your parts and sending them to anybody um, without an invitation because that's actually criminal. 
And yet she's still trying to justify, said it, she wasn't sure it was relevant. The report did feature an interview, I guess, just to show that there is another side to the story. Sheriff James Mendrick of DePage County, Illinois, was asked if uh, the sex offender registry, quote, stigmatizes people who are trying to repair their lives. And he said getting rid of the registry would lead to more sex crimes. Of course, that's what the point of the sex registry is. So the people can know that somebody living in their neighborhood was convicted of a sex crime. He says, I'd say don't commit sex offenses if you don't want to be on that registry. I think that's a serious enough crime to where it's not a simple slap on the wrist. And if there's a stigma, it's because you did something really bad. I think sex offenses are so personal, they damage people for the rest of their life. Absolutely, they do. You've got to carry around this pain, fear, depending on how the sexual assault took place. And yet the person who committed that act gets gets uh, w- wants to have the liberties to live out the rest of their life as though they didn't they didn't do anything wrong no no in fact we're going in the opposite direction here we need more stigmatizing we need some good old fashioned shunning in this country we uh, uh there was a video that Robbie Starbucks showed out of Chattanooga the other day of a bunch of men in drag with little 4 and 5 year old kids doing a joint performance and the little girl was obviously instructed to run her hands up and down the front of this man's crotch area in this and no crime no 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 charges were filed in the state of Tennessee There used to be a time where any man participated in drag like that in front of kids, I mean, you know, or well, doesn't it go without saying that we used to shun people for outrageous behavior? We used to actually criminalize that kind of behavior. And now the left is all about trying to destigmatize. No, we need we need to we need to amp up the stigmatizing. We need to amp up the stigmatizing. Everything the left has, has going on part of this cultural Marxist movement is about trying to normalize the mentally ill. Because a few people struggle like this. There was a great meme I posted on the social uh, uh, the other day that showed a girl with anorexia, very thin girl. She's looking in the mirror, and her mirror image is of a girl who's much larger. And the caption said, uh, we, don't, we don't do anorexia-affirming procedures. If a young girl or, or male has anorexia and sees themselves as as obese when they're not. We don't we don't have doctors going, "Oh, you think you're obese? Let me let me remove some part of your body." And we shouldn't be doing that with children. Although it, it, the dysphoria is being manufactured in children at this point, it's being glamorized even more than being normalized. She admitted uh, the, this reporter getting back to this story with a sex offender. She had, she admitted that she debated revealing that anecdote. It wasn't an anecdote when he sent a picture of his parts to her. It was actually a crime, as I said before. She says, I think it's up to the to the viewers to decide whether. Oh, and he said, it, by the way, he said it was an accident that he sent that pic. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. What did you what did what did you mean to take a picture of when you dropped your pants and aimed the camera at it and pulled up somebody's phone number and clicked send? What 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 did how was that an accident? But she's actually giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's I think it's up to the viewers to decide whether or not to believe it or not. We I haven't seen this kind of level of, you know, 
important investigative reportage since Chelsea Clinton was, you know, hired by, I think it was the Today Show uh, to do some kind of interviews. It's absolutely insane uh, where, where we're going. Just completely normal. Meanwhile, she's making excuses for this sex offender who's continuing to reoffend and break the law. But yet the left, of the, this, these are the same people that justify that, are happy to see people like Lisa Gallagher in New Jersey who had FBI show up at her door and scare her and her children to death, right? Because somebody on Facebook snitched and lied and said she was at the Capitol on January 6th, right? They're happy to see a pro-life father have the FBI SWAT team, 25 FBI agents, ram their way into a home and terrify his seven-year-old children. They're happy to have that. That's that's cool, right? In, insane. Um, tough times economically. We spent a lot of time last night with Elhoff talking about that. And as the Fed's raising interest rates pushes us into a recession, one of the things that Fed Chairman Powell has talked about over and over is how it's going to, quote, soften the labor market. And that means business owners have, have some decisions to make going forward. Are they going to hire? Are they going to start to lay off? How are they going to hire? Are they going to go to more part-time people if they need work? If you're a worker, are you, are you facing layoffs? Facebook today said they're looking at, they're hire, doing a hiring freeze and they're looking to lay off. CarMax lost 20% of, I think it's value in one day. Obviously, they're going to be looking at layoffs. I've got a guest coming up next hour of the Andrea K Show. Aziz Badra from Band of Hands is going to be here. They've got a unique concept for businesses who want to hire the best people without necessarily having to hire, Aziz will explain. And also, if you're a worker and you're going to need to find work, how can you do it in this tough climate in the best possible, in the best possible way for you, finding, finding the best job? So stay tuned, because coming up next hour, first segment is Aziz Badra from Band of Hands. So don't go anywhere. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 